0: Welcome to the Tabletop Gaming Magazine podcast. I'm Chris Eggett, the editor of the magazine.
1: And I'm Charlie Pettit, the online editor.
0: We've got a new magazine coming out.
1: It's, it's almost like we do this every month.
0: And, and just another issue. It keeps happening. Woohoo! We're not sure how. <laughs> um, just
1: every now and again, it emerges and we're like, oh, cool, time for that. Again. <laughs> yeah, I think mean, we're just, we're
0: just going to talk about it and talk about some of the games we reviewed in it. And, Why not? Uh, have a nice time. Yeah. Um, so, uh, this this issue is issue 52 52. Of the magazine. There's mm-hmm. been 51 issues before this. And there's a couple of things on the cover.
1: Oh, it's such an exciting cover. Yeah. Uh,
0: first of all, there's the uh, X-Men Mutant Insurrection cover, which is out now. Uh, right now, you can go buy that if you want. Uh, and then read along with our feature, which is a in-depth uh, interview with the creators of the game. Um, it's a sort of dice game where you, uh, roll, you roll dice to match things that appear uh, on the uh, sort of uh, enemy cards to complete those those missions. Um, so it's it's an exciting, interesting game because it really reflects like uh, X Men of like my childhood from the cartoons in some ways. Although you, the costumes aren't quite that; they're actually f- from all over the place. Um, so you, sorry, are you an X Men fan?
1: I'm. I'm not not intentionally an X Men fan. I remember watching the films when I was younger, but never stuck around with them, so I was intrigued mm. when this came in, but not in the sense that I'm aware some people love this, and I was so scared, sort of opening it up and talking about it on an unboxing, mm. that I was like I'm not going to dare name which one's which, because I, I'm not 100% sure I'd get it right.
0: Uh, dear listener, I didn't know this. <laughs> <laughs> um.
1: <laughs> what I did I know, there was a jet in it! I got to build,
2: a, I got to build a jet! Yeah. So I yeah. can
1: appreciate it from a game point of view, but I have an unfortunate audience for the X Men point of view. Absolutely. Yeah. But,
0: uh, uh, well, it's got um, like a weird selection of like X Men in it. Um, so it's got like, uh, I think Krakatoa as a bad guy, um, which is like a sentient uh, island. So that, and that's from uh, Giant X Men number one, which is like a, a really old comic and not something you'd kind of recognize as the uh, something that. Uh, people saw in the cartoons or anything like that Um, but everyone's wearing kind of like spandex like they are in the cartoons so um yeah it's also strange because this is a uh this is a like decent x-men game uh and we really haven't had any (laughs) x-men games um the the thing you'll see online endlessly is people just saying fantasy flight please put x-men into marvel champions and they've they just say no really um (laughs) and they've made this instead uh and it's probably um it's probably for the best Uh, Because this is a uh, really uh, Interesting game that has all of the Required like teenage angst Of people falling out and stuff (laughs) like that Uh,
1: I do love that they're bringing They're paying homage to the Original comics, the original cartoons The stuff that people grew up with um, And putting in characters That fans enjoy Rather than just paying lip service So if they were doing it for me It would be Wolverine Phoenix, Cyclops Yeah, But they're all there like the Magneto and whatever. Yeah. Anything else would be, yeah. I don't know who they are. Yeah. But this then, A, gives me an opportunity to learn who those people are. And also, the people that are fans of them finally get to see the people they want mm-hmm. in those games. Which is quite nice.
0: Yeah, there's that's like Arma, who is a character I, I haven't read before. I've never read about Armor, um, Which is a character that only exists in like a post-Scarlet Witch uh, decimation of the planet timeline, which I have not read. I've not read.
1: <laughs> this is in this whole world out there of like really cool subplots. Like, yeah. if you think even the last issue with mm. Batman Who Laughs Rising, yeah, exactly. I say, I didn't know that was a subplot and it's, it's mm. so in-depth and there's so much there and it's really cool. And mm. you just sort of think, why didn't I know about this before?
0: Yeah, I'm really drawn to these things. This is my, like, my natural place in comics, like the things I used when I had time to read comics. Uh, this is the kind of thing I used to go after. My my favorite like X Men timeline is the alternative uh, um, Age of Apocalypse timeline, where basically Magneto becomes the hero of the X Men, leader of the X Men. Interesting. And, um, yeah, it's 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 a quite an interesting story. And there's a whole bit where uh, I guess spoilers. There's a whole bit where X Force get like really let down by the people who look after X Force, which is like Colossus uh, and uh, someone else whose name I've completely forgotten um uh but they you know like tried like there's a lot of tragedy in this in this uh like timeline and you know but it's like not what you think of when you think of the x-men necessarily because you usually think of like it being either a metaphor for civil rights or about teenagers arguing at school um they're kind of being a mutant is like basically a metaphor for puberty I think <laughs> that's basically it
1: I mean, you raise a valid point. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's what they're all doing. They're, you know, they're all like having, you know, uh, all the characters all about like the things they can't have. You know, they all have their own problems, you know. Um, and it's all to do with changes they can't control in themselves. And that's that's what the I think that's what the metaf- one of the metaphors is about this. Interesting. So there's lots of different ways to see X Men and that's why I like it. Anyway, so that's on the cover and I've just immediately launched off into that. There's another <laughs> thing on the cover which you may know about already if you're one of the <laughs> hundreds of people who've pre-ordered it way early because of this um with good reason with good reason i think charlie's going to tell us what's on the cover
1: we have six promo cards for digimon
0: so these are uh a set of six foil cards you know that we've printed images of them you can see where the cards you're going to get in them but they're the cards that you would sometimes get in the boxes that i open and this is one of the best ways to get all of them mm. Um, is to uh, buy our magazine <laughs> hilariously, but um, so that's on the cover, and then if you are interested in Digimon and maybe you have a starter set or maybe you've not been able to get hold of them at the moment they're very hard to get hold of um, it's probably a nice place to start at least, you know, just at least have some Digimon cards um,
1: and it comes with a magazine
0: and it comes with a magazine that's quite good as well
1: <laughs> I will say though, sorry, on this topic of Digimon it's obviously we had the issue, a couple of issues ago that was mm. included that feature on yeah, that was our cover. Digimon, which was fabulous, but then you also recently did a live stream with Wasi Yes. that I thought was really interesting mm-hmm. to hear from his point of view. So the stuff that we look at and we're like, oh, that's, that's really good from a new Digimon player side of things yeah. to someone who knows everything about it and can be like, there are three versions of this, or
0: Yes, I mean he he's played the role that everyone has to play with me, which is they're the smart one and I'm the dumb one. <laughs> um, so, he, but he's uh, genuinely one of the smartest people at card games out there. So it's a uh, really entertaining stream. It's um, up Such on YouTube an now. Watch. You can you can go watch it on Tabletop Mag, Tabletop Gaming Mag. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> that's the look I got there, um, forgetting the name of our social channel wrong. Um, uh, on YouTube, and you can go watch that now. It's been slightly edited to cut out some. Uh, some minor uh, technical issues and uh, <laughs> uh but you can see you can see uh, the vast array of Digimon cards it's worth mentioning that this is a really good game this is a really good it's card it's so game.
1: good independently
0: uh, and you don't you don't need to have like a deep knowledge of uh of Digimon to actually play it because the system's are very very simple it's very a very energetic system like uh, big there's big swing turns and stuff like that and it feels really really good and um Uh, and now is the time to get into Digimon I keep saying this, now is the time to get into Digimon before it becomes stratospherically big (laughs) and you have no chance of catching up with all of the lore and everything.
1: Much like Pokemon (laughs) Much like
0: Pokemon or Magic the Gathering or uh, or, or, or Yu-Gi-Oh which I think has got a similar level of um, uh, madness about it Uh, So yeah, that's on the front of the cover of this this issue that's on sale on the 26th of February
1: 26th Feb, it's a Friday It's a Friday Nice treat for the weekend.
0: Absolutely. Okay. So that's what's on the cover. We could open the Mac now.
2: (laughs) Uh,
1: Turn to page one. Yeah.
0: So yes, (laughs) this is our read-along series. (laughs) Uh, So I'm going to read you uh, the contents page first. Uh, No, I'm not. Um, So what did we review this this issue, Charlie?
1: We did tons. I had a look at Holy, Mm -hmm. which I was very, very impressed with. I loved the hook, of the cover, loved the premise of it, but didn't expect it to be as fun as I found it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and it's basically sort of, you create a, I want to say a 3D board, but a three layered board yeah. um, that you sort of have images of, you always think 3D chess when you think the sort of mm-hmm. stacks, I think, or I do anyway. Um, and then you're basically sort of putting tiles down in places that are throwing paint, in inverted commas, yeah. um, to create your... Um, your grid, you have to match them up so it's sort of area control, tile placement, etc but as you yeah. go up levels your paint can drop down so you need to be aware of what you're doing on the top levels, it's very involved, very fun and it surprised me Yeah,
0: uh, I like games like this where um, they are adding a layer of like weird um, strategy or abstraction to the game by just giving you like a literal different way to look at things yeah like yeah, yeah. You, know, you know, when you got a game where you 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 set up maybe part of the board, or you um, uh, you may become you have like a 3D maze or something in a, in a um, maybe a miniatures game or something like that, mm. and it like changes just changes the way you think about the puzzles that you're being given, you know.
1: It's also like I noticed what it's a really old reference as the top gear lean is like pretending that you're not really that bothered about it it's fine mm-hmm. but actually you're getting closer and closer to the board and you're standing up more and more often yeah, to be yeah. like i just want to see it a bit closer let me let me take another look and okay. you find yourself way more into it than you anticipated to begin with um and the other thing that surprised i mean the gameplay is brilliant i'd mm. recommend it it's it's a really good game to play um the other thing though that surprised me about it um was it comes with a that it goes together so well because it could mm. very easily not.
0: Yes. Um, well, we've had we've had lots of chats about that, haven't we? Before the yes. um, games that are like three D in some way, that then, for example, won't go back in the box. Yes. Still three D.
1: Yeah. And it, it's not even that it's still three D. It's that they don't have places when it goes back in the box, so you just chuck it back in. And then it's that thing when you turn it sideways to put it on your shelf, if you're a yeah. turn it sideways person, and you just hear it fall. If
0: you're a turn it sideways person. Yeah.
1: I mean, there's there's a yeah. divide. Do you stack or do you turn it sideways? Yeah. I mean, which are you?
0: Mainly stack, but just chaos
1: <laughs> I'm actually using my board games as additional desk space at the moment they're stacked yeah. up to the perfect desk height yeah so that's where all my like do do spare that. mags and stuff goes so at right. the moment they're stacked but normally I'm a sideways person because I think they look cooler um but it's got I think it's called game trays yeah, yeah they've got an association with so everything fits back beautifully I have never seen a game packed away so nicely hmm. and because it does stress me out when you take it out and everything's everywhere it's so nice to see hmm wasn't expected I appreciate it's written on the front game trays but I didn't really take the inference yeah. of how nice it would be to actually put a game away properly without having to buy additional inserts Staff, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh,
0: just yeah, shout out to Game Trays yeah that's cool uh, very we, cool uh, we like them um, <laughs> and uh, and also uh, my favourite implementation of that is a game I talk about too much called Rurik um, which <laughs> the
1: worst just, part is you said the game I talk about too much and I was like which one
0: <laughs> yeah that's it I only talk about like four games <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, just that's a beautiful implementation of it where you everything has a home. You're just, yeah, <laughs> every little yeah. trays go in bigger trays. <laughs> that's, it's
1: been really annoying me recently. I don't know what it is that, like, if I can't work out where something mm. goes. Even, like, we had a look at um, Rising Sun earlier, didn't we? And everything yeah, we has a place, but finding that place is so annoying.
0: Yes, yeah, so you described that as a game in itself. Like, yeah. this is, an annoying <laughs> this is the main game they've given us. This is puzzle. It's the putting away game.
1: This is the game um, I can convince mum to play. Yeah, that's <laughs> it, it. Uh, Everything's got a place, Mum. It's fine. It's like a puzzle.
0: Yeah. I wonder I wonder if this... Because this, I, I think I've become more, like, uptight about putting my games away than I used to be. Um, I wonder if that's because uh, we're all working from home at the moment, and like we're all our space is so much invaded by um, our lives, uh, our work lives, and our hobby lives that um, actually the idea that there's also a box that's messy as well that's being invaded <laughs> but, uh, is somehow annoying. I wonder. I wonder if there's some know. like psychological thing there.
1: It might be for you. I have to. I've I've always been stressy about boxes going away properly and everything fit in in its place mm. so
0: that's true i don't actually yes yeah
1: because there was a game that you brought in at one point that stressed me out so much
0: yes i think i kept putting the box lid on the wrong way round.
1: that yep that drives me nuts mm. <laughs> no it was small world of
0: warcraft oh i mean that was a absolute
1: i mean don't get me wrong the spaces for it were dreadful well no but... no, no
0: they, they, was, they tried really really hard that, but can't say you know, down Huh?
1: Nothing was held down. No, it
0: wasn't. Nothing was clipped in. <laughs> yes, sometimes sometimes you get the little bits of plastic, but they've molded it so it like holds on. Yeah. This is a, a really nerdy conversation. Actually, I've just realised. Um, <laughs> I uh, don't
1: know. I take these things very seriously. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I do. I remember that game, and it took uh, me and my uh, my friends who um, under my, my review group basically uh, took us like an hour and a half to pop everything and put everything in the right place so and stuff much like stuff. that. Um, it's still small world, it's still really good it's good fun um, but it's just, uh, it was I think I came to it with a certain amount of resentment of having to pop all that <laughs> stuff and put it all in these right places and then obviously on the drive to work when I brought it back in for other people to have a go at um, I just uh,
1: remember lifting the box and the box lid was not on in line with the box so that stressed me out and then there's just stuff everywhere I like, so how do you know what tokens are which? Yeah. You were like, I tried well, That's
0: actually one of the problems of the World of Warcraft version Uh, is that because it's all World of Warcraft, unless you're deeply enamoured and deeply um, into that world, uh, you can't necessarily from a glance tell the difference between um, an orky thing and a trolley thing Uh, because they're all in this sort of like... Because World of Warcraft has the, the problem of a lot of massive multiplayer games and that sort of thing of having the edges all taken off everything because it's full like a really broad audience so everything's like it's kind of like smooth and super polished and stuff like that but also it means kind of doesn't have its own character in a gritty sort of way everything's kind of really smooth <laughs> As, which is <laughs> <a> strange <laughs> which is a strange thing to say I know but like in terms of iconography and stuff like that if you're into that world obviously you're gonna be able to identify everything immediately whereas I was there going Okay, that's a stone tusk guy, or whatever. Okay, this is a different kind of tusk guy. Um and then i am
1: mm, dreadful for that is like renaming something what I think it is. Yeah. And just being like, Oh, that's the that's the so and so and then I'll come to review it or to talk about it yeah. later and I'll be like, Oh, that's XYZ. She'll be like, yeah. The what? The what is that? Like, oh, I think it's called the the goblin or yeah. like whatever it actually <laughs> yeah. is. I'm a nightmare for it.
0: Yeah. Uh but I I did that on um playing uh, Anchor which is a really great two-player game that everyone should have a go at Um, and uh, that's that's like a nice modular market game so it's different every time you play and it's just like buying and selling things that's it and you're just trying to make money it's really easy really quick um, and a lovely contemplative little game Um, uh, the kind of thing I would recommend to people uh, to get away from you know the hustle and bustle of daily life except we're all forced into doing that at the moment anyway Um, but that's a game where uh, there's like um, fabric in it a red fabric uh, in a like pile which to me looked like a couple of steaks (laughs) and I I just I just hadn't I just hadn't looked at it properly and so I was just saying like meat I'm gonna buy the meat and the people I was playing with eventually someone just said to me you keep saying meat (laughs) why it's like clearly like linen or something um so uh, yes, yeah, we, we all suffer from that occasionally, don't we? So, um, we're going to just segue wildly, as if we didn't have to remind ourselves what we was what was in the magazine. Um,
1: as a side note, that's because we work so far in advance, yes. and that we have to wait for the magazine to come out, not because we don't know what we're
2: doing.
0: <laughs> well, I don't know what I'm doing, but well, Charlie, yes, Charlie's very much totally debatable. <laughs> Charlie, Charlie's very much uh, uh, in the know about what she's doing, at the very least. Um, so we've also got. We've also got a game called Um uh, I loved this in in the magazine. We've got a nice feature on that. Uh, it's on Kickstarter right now. For late pledges, you can grab that if you really want it. Uh, I'm waiting my copy to arrive, uh, as I, uh, as as everyone else says, it will go on sale on their website afterwards as well. But what is it? Actually, Charlie, you tell me what <laughs> is it.
1: I can't explain this without being like, you just get to smush your Play-Doh enemies, which
0: you get to smush your Play-Doh enemies. <laughs> And it's, it's a ge- what I
1: took for it, and I'm so excited about it.
0: So it's a, uh, it's, a re- it's a light war game where you, each army is built out of these little books of moulds, which you squeeze together, play-doh inside, and then reopen. And then you've got a little monster soldier thing that you then wander about on the board with, doing things like you normally would, such as um, shooting, punching. Moving. That's about it, really. It's really it's a really light war game. Uh, it's, it's been designed um, by uh, Clint Bahatu uh, and he he particularly uh, wanted to make something that was like kid friendly. You know, something where you could get kids into war games, a really family friendly sort of affair. It uses sort of action dice where you roll some dice and then they, you put those dice onto the slots you want to use for each monster, and they sort of some monsters sort of help each other along, and that's all well and good. But the main thing is that once you punch someone else's monster and you beat them by rolling some dice that are better than their dice, you smush them. Smush them! And that's it. You get this, like, caster ring thing, which is like a little... um, uh, Was it a signet ring? Is that right? It could be either. Yeah. It's like a a ring that you put on. It's got, like, a little panel on it and your, like, logo. And you, from above, like a big Monty Python foot, come down (laughs) upon the killed soldier... Uh, and you splatter them, and then they become terrain, so they become cover. <laughs> and I think that's like in other games, that's a really grim idea. In this one, because they're all like Play-Doh golems, it's fine.
1: It's just delightful, um, it's utterly delightful.
0: I, I'm really looking forward to um, uh, what I really want to see is I want to see this at a convention somewhere. I want to see people <laughs> gleefully smushing each other's <laughs> monsters um, and also it's, it's elegant as well I really like it because it's got this whole thing of you know you have a points buy in most war games you have to you know sort out your army beforehand you have to sort of build your army decide how much you are going to spend on different things give you know give these people some grenades and these people a rocket launcher and that sort of stuff um, and that's all part of part of getting set up well, in this one you just decide how much clay you're gonna use and that's how many points you're gonna spend and that's it so if you want a bigger army you just use more clay you agree with the other person how much clay you can use and that's it that's brilliant
1: so clever it's, yeah. it's one of those games we see this every now and again where something comes out and it's really innovative and you look at it and go why on earth have we not done this before I know this is a great idea
0: yeah. I mean the thing is I think I feel like I have done this as a child but I didn't have a rule set to go with it
1: <laughs> I mean yes you've made play-doh monsters and squished them yes yeah. but- that's half the fun. Well, we'll all but. rather
0: maybe squish my younger brothers. Aww. <laughs> See, I
1: don't have of... siblings, so that seems so mean. Yeah. Um, but never in so never in a formalised game where it just makes perfect sense. That's it. Reuse them, start again, ready for next time. Yeah. Fabulous.
0: I think it's very funny. It's very funny. Yeah. Um, yeah, I suppose the only real problem is that you can't mix the play doh up into one big brown ball.
1: You should never do that. Oh the stress. <laughs>
0: Um, so from one war game to another I also played my, my first real block war game um, and for those that don't know, a block war game is a game of war with blocks Now uh, obviously, it's imaginative. I know um, <laughs> So this was uh, A War Without an Enemy which is about the English Civil War um, and uh, one player become is the Royalists, one player is the Parliamentarians um, You get your Um, Little square blocks of wood in your color you stick stickers on them for quite a long time before playing the game It took a little while and then you get quite nervous about not getting them straight Um, And then you're playing the game um, Across England in a sort of area control sort of way um, uh, Taking turns moving and mustering and recruiting and stuff like that exactly the sort of stuff you expect to do in pretty much Any war game of this kind um, except your blocks are only facing you Um, So you're the only one who knows where Your units are, and what units are in each area. So you're reflecting the the sort of fog of war aspect of not knowing what the enemy's up to either. And so you can you have all these choices, like you can retreat before the battle and stuff like that, which becomes really tactically important because you're just like kind of guessing that. Okay, so I've I've only I've actually only got one cavalry here or whatever like that, and what if they've got three cavalry? I'm absolutely screwed. And that sort of thing um, and it's just like uh, the kind of like I'm, I said this in the review it's parts of it are almost like a party game in that respect because it like a like a social deduction game except you're also you know checking for supply and things like that and <laughs> rolling dice to see if you shoot people um, but uh, because because one of the goals is to catch the king if you're the parliamentarians because um, that's one of your goals you you kind of like hunting. It's like trying to find Hitler and secret Hitler, or yeah, the werewolf or whatever. Mm. You know, any of these, any of these games with like a bit of social deduction in them or whatever. You are, you're looking for the king here, yeah? and so you think you're, you know, chasing him down in some way because like, you've decided that's your the way you're gonna beat this game, uh, or beat your opponent. Um, but he's not with them. He's not with the people you've been chasing down with all of your expended resources. He's, you know, mucking about York somewhere or something. Um, and that's <laughs> just, uh, and it was just way better than it possibly could have been for something, for me, who finds the subject dry because i um, not a very good history buff. I'm not that in, into history. Um, it was just way more enjoyable than it, it really should have been. Um,
1: I think there's a nervousness about playing war games if yeah. you're not a history buff it's like a i'm gonna get it wrong there's a ton of rules and yeah. i'm probably gonna break one of those rules without realizing and then i'm gonna ruin it whereas this necromolds give gives you the example of where war games yeah. doesn't have to be an intimidating
0: yeah well no i will say this was really intimidating the rule book was huge
1: <laughs> i take it back <laughs> for what it
0: was and it was a complete mess and it took me ages to work out exactly oh. how everything worked but the thing is it's one of those games there's
1: such an issue with rule books as well when they're not as concise as they can be. Well,
0: again, we're going to bring up Rising Sun. This is a, this is like we got all those pieces out, and you've not played Rising, but you have mm-hmm. played Blood Rage. Yes, and I've I got all those pieces out, and um, and we would, and it's just one of those things. Like, I know in my heart that this is a really simple game of actually just people's intentions really well represented. in reality, mm-hmm. when you're actually playing the game with other people, you um, you can enjoy it on a like again the above the above the board level yeah the interactions you're having that's that's what you really that's what you're really playing man just like all the pieces suddenly fall into place in your mind there but when you're actually setting it up you're like god i can't remember what, <laughs> what this does again uh.
2: i found
1: i found a really stark difference because obviously i've been playing games with friends that have been new games so mm. ones that we're looking to review and i've sat there and i've tried to absorb the rule book as much as possible and then i've tried to present to them what it is, I forget how much of a difference it makes. So um, I played a game with a friend that he was vaguely familiar with, but mm. he's someone that can look at the rules and immediately tell you everything you need to know about them ever. Yeah. And someone else condensing the rules for me, based on the rule book that I then read after, is phenomenal, the difference between what, what you need that's to it. know to play, what you're told to try and get there in the first place. And the experience for me was so much more enjoyable by someone just going, I get it, yeah. let, me, let me talk you through.
0: That's <laughs> it, yeah. yeah. I think that's... um. I think Horizon Sun is actually a really good example of that because that's that's a game I sat down with for uh the rule book for like uh, quite a long time before playing because it was gonna be our like the big game of the mm-hmm. evening um so that was like the first thing gonna be the first thing on the table um and it's the first time I' try to do like a, a hard teach of people um and uh, it's really strange when you actually try and do that how people react because Cause usually, like you know, if in if you know, if I wasn't doing this job for example, and we were just all sitting there trying to work out the rules together, it's some back and forth, and we sort of muddle through it. You yeah, know. Do you
1: reckon it's this? Maybe it's this. Do yeah, they yeah.
0: mean this? Oh, it's this bit in the rules. There you go, done. Um, but when you're doing the hard, the hard teacher, you just want to you're kind of just saying, That's a great question. I'll come back to that in a minute. <laughs> uh, and it's like maybe
1: like, we'll play and we'll find out as we go, yeah.
0: Well, I mean, that's that's the other way. That's the normal way a lot of people learn, isn't it? Just like, that doesn't make sense. That's chicken rules. You know?
1: Which, I was thinking about this recently because mm. I downloaded Wingspan on oh, yeah. the Switch, which I've been talking about doing for a really long time and never yeah. done. Um, but I've never played Wingspan. So I thought it would be an interesting comparison between, mm. if I can pick it up on there, how well that then translates onto mm. a board game. Um, but it's really interesting that the tutorial that takes you through it is the way the tutorial would do if it were... a board game rule book mm-hmm. not if it were a video game Yeah. so video games will take you through they'll teach you a little bit you'll do something that demonstrates that you've learnt that and then they'll teach you the next bit mm-hmm. and you'll do something that demonstrates that whereas we front load all of the information mm-hmm. on board games and I just thought it was it was an interesting comparison I've still not played through Wingspan because after about 20 minutes of the tutorial I was a little bit I just need a break and I'll come yeah. back to it in a bit Um, is that can we find ways like I like the quick start ones where they're like just set this up Talk you through, yeah, and then you're off. Yeah. yeah. Um, whereas big front-loaded ones, when they're like a thirty-page that, document, um,
0: that's that's funny actually because Wingspan's a really good example of a game that teaches itself as a board game really well because it come most most editions of Wingspan come with a um, a little sectioned-off packet which is um, a tutorial of and with cards specifically designed like you're going to play this card next and that sort of stuff. So they yeah. like really really handholding. I mean,
1: to be fair, it did from what from all the way through that i got of it it was very much like we're going to play this card next yeah. this card's going to give us this um but it was a bit too it was still too much in one go yeah i think that's the difference between how quick it is to pick up other things yeah so i'd be interested i might look into sort of more of them sort of where where instances of are our, our similar learn this and do this and see if it works mm-hmm. any quicker for that that climb that you have when you're trying to learn the game before it switches and you start enjoying the game
0: yeah yeah i think and again i'm going to say a bit like rising sun wingspan is a game that once you, your head's in it it's like everything you're doing is just a, a really pure expression of what you want to do yeah it's like a really your, your, your will is properly expressed and that i think that's, yeah, that's one of the reasons i like it's because you're like properly inside the machine yeah um rather than like a uh, Externally prodding at things saying oh, that, that's probably what I'm gonna do um, uh, Which is the difference between a very good game and uh, okay ones
2: mm.
0: often um, So that was at the start a war without an enemy
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, oh God, uh, distracted. Yeah, uh,
0: which I sort of recommend if you're willing to wade through the rule book um, it's definitely interesting and if you're someone who likes a game with the equivalent of a event deck, although in this case the events are actual history happening, um, uh, then um, you'll probably quite enjoy this. So, uh, I, I, kind of, I kind of recommend that. Sounds good. Yeah. Um, next up, next up the Dice Hospital expansion. Care in the community. No, hold on, community care. Yes, community care. Dice Hospital, community care. Not care in the community, that's a different thing. <laughs> Um so uh Dice Hospital is um everyone's favorite hospital management game that uses dice. Um <laughs> uh it's, it's probably one of the better hospital games, you know. It's a, it's because it's got a you know in terms of like getting to what we all want, which is a version of theme hospital on your tabletop. Um That's that's the ultimate goal, I think. Uh, Dice Hospital does the closest thing to it. It's it's a lovely lovely game for those who don't know of um, ambulances arrive with patients on them. These patients happen to be dice. Um, You put the dice uh, into your wards after after collecting them from the ambulances. And then you spend a turn um, changing those dice to more healthy dice and hopefully not killing them. Um, Now, you do that by doing things like treating a red dice with a red meeple on a oh, sorry, with a maple on a red uh, treatment center, and that will improve your dice up to number six. And once they're on number six, they can leave.
1: Nice.
0: Yeah. So um, so that's all cool. Base game is much loved by many many people. Uh, is it Alley Cat? It
1: is Alley Cat. It was. It's Alley Cat.
0: Oh, we like
1: Alley
0: Cat. Like that game. Too. Um, we do. But the expansion. There's it's I I say uh, the expansion like there's not three expansions in this box. <laughs> Um, which there are and um i'm i'm going to gloss over two of them because they are um they're very good very interesting uh, but there's one which is like a proper them. upgrade um and so you've got the city expansion in there which um replaces those initial uh grab some dice from the ambulance thing with um like a city grid where you have to kind of like send your ambulances out to collect people uh from the street or the homes or wherever they happen to be you know where, wherever an ambulance would go get them um and so you are sort of uh it sort of extends that initial selection phase and means there's a little bit more strategy in terms of who you're bringing into your hospital um that's nice if you wanted a crunchier version. Mm. that's how that's one of the ways you can get it nice. yeah if you wanted to add like yeah, just a little bit more control over what's going on and make that um uh, First-player marker just a little bit more important. It's really quite important in the game, but Because uh, that, that that person I believe chooses first or goes first. I can't quite remember which order it is um, But uh, it, it becomes it's quite a powerful part of the uh, part of the game um, additionally there is the investments expansion This Basically allows you to upgrade every part of your hospital, nearly every part of your hospital. So whereas um, before you'd be relying on buying new elements and new um, consultants for your hospital to make things better quicker, um, here you're able to improve the actual rooms you've already got, um, making them more powerful, and that sort of adding a load of tokens to the board to make things just like work better. Um, again, if you're into something, the game, but but, but crunchier. Oh you just want a heavier version of Dice hospital if you just want more dice hospital, right? This is great. There's no complaints here. It's good, yeah mm. yeah but 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 the best expansion is the maternity expansion Amazing. because it feels like it just kind of could have just been in the game forever. uh it feels like um the payoff in it is massive uh, oh, yeah, baby. Sometimes twins. If you roll the dice, Whoa. you roll it every time. Every time, uh, every time a mother turns up at your hospital, you you, uh, uh, you roll a dice to see how many babies they're popping out. Oh.
2: Um,
0: and it, it's one or two, just say. to be just to be clear, wow. it's one or two. Not it's not a d twenty or anything. Like that. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, uh, roll for birth. Um, anyway. <laughs> Uh, so but what it does is um it adds a yeah, just this nice layer of um having to have separate maternity wards. You're gonna have one mother per ward and then the children go underneath, uh in the sort of like in a subsection of the ward, I guess really. Um obviously things like children are not do not suffer from neglect. The mother doesn't suffer from neglect unless you stick her on a ward with other people. Neglect is the uh way that at the end of each round everyone's dice goes down unless you've treated them. Oh. Yeah. So that, that just so, sounded really sad. I know. I like, like, yes, it exactly. sounded
1: so great in birth and twins oh. and neglect. Oh no.
0: I know. Um, but that, that is sort of like the one criticism people have of Dice Hospital is that it feels kind of mean because you, sometimes you're trying to keep. Because the scoring mechanics is that you get a certain number of. If you release five dice at once, you get more points than if you release two dice. Right. So fixing everyone really quickly and efficiently, you know, nice churn of people isn't as good as holding yeah. some people back a little bit sick
1: letting them be ill and then just
0: for get them out bit and then get them out Ooh, of but this solves that Mater- the maternity uh, expansion solves it because first of all it gives you the problem of space in your hospital which is really really good it makes things a bit tighter everywhere else additionally because you can have mothers and twins and uh, unsurprisingly the mothers and the children have to be uh, let out at the same time you can't just <laughs> you can't just slide a baby out the hospital door and say you're healthy enough your mum's not quite ready yet you can't do that um uh uh, because because of that, it means the number of dice you're um, releasing at the end of the turn can be huge, which means the scores can be massive. Which is great because like who doesn't want more scores? Mm. Yeah, um, so that's the one that I would say just that should just live in the main box with your rest of your dice hospital stuff. The uh, the rest of the expansions can just come out for like if you want like a bigger game somewhere. Mm. Like. There's also a solo mode in there, which is good. Just to say, there's a solo mode in there. I officially supported solo mode. You know. <laughs> so there you go, That's just, that was just a pure recommendation there. Nice. Of like one third of an expansion, the rest of it's still good. I'm just saying that bit's really good.
1: You're allowed to have favorites, that's <laughs> fine. Absolutely, yeah.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. So Charlie, I hear you've been swiping left and right.
1: <laughs> which for a married woman is more interesting. <laughs> Never Tinder wasn't around when I was single. So you never got a chance to sort of... You then you play on your friend's phones. So like, I think you'd match with this one. Yeah. Well, no more. There is a board game for it. Yep. Um, and I think when I did the unboxing of it, I said something like, I never anticipated this game would exist. Um, and it's called Cinder, mm-hmm. which is um, a dragon dating game. Mm-hmm. So if you have always wanted to date a dragon, now is your chance. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have it set up very artistically similar to mm. Tinder, with the exception of instead of a person's picture, you have dragons, mm. or your own card, which might be various different styles. Um, and it feels like the people that made it were massive RPG slash D&D fans. Um and also may have been on the dating scene or intrigued by the dating scene and went, do you know what?
0: Intrigued by the dating scene, what Well,
1: sentence? you can know what Tinder is without needing to be on it, and I don't want to infer that the, no, the okay, people fine, that make fine, it fine, fine, are fine. on Tinder, but I feel like they just went, these are two things that are interesting. Let's, let's push it together yeah. and make it into a board game as a third out, as a sort of ultimate product. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be fair, I was surprised how good it was. Mm-hmm. I was, Cynical's too strong a word, but I looked at it and was like, this is a really interesting choice that you've yeah. made.
0: Can I ask, are you, are you a dragon?
1: No, you're dating the dragon. Yeah. So you have your little character cards, and they've got like a picture of someone on the back. So um, there's like a vampire one, for example. Right. And then on your character card, you then fill in with a um, dry wipe marker. Of course. Because we like those. Um, your name, um, preferred pronouns, your uh, interests, which are in a sort of set are you a hoarder of treasure, are you an investor, are you a... Of course. I can't remember yeah, what the last one is. Yeah. Um, but you'll select those and sort of things that you like or dislike just to sort of create your own profile. Um, and then you draw the dragons mm. from the main thing and you'll swipe left or right, yeah. in theory. Um, and how well your date then goes, which mm-hmm. is then another card, um, it depends on... So, for example, I might have swiped hoarder on my... Mm-hmm. Um, Thing and they are also a hoarder of treasure. Mm-hmm. Therefore, I get like a, a high statistical dice that I'm going to roll mm-hmm. well. Yeah. If it's not, if it's a poor match, then it's a different one. Yeah. Um, and you roll those, and if you, I think it's, if you burn out, if you yeah. get too many flames, then you lose the points. But you can bank them any point, or uh-huh. you can turn around and go. Actually, this went really well. Yeah. Let's go on a second date and see how it goes. All the way up to a third date. Um,
0: what happens on the third date?
1: Evil. Which is literally Whoa. one of the cards. One of the cards goes from, like... <laughs> I can't remember what it is. It goes from, like, um, exploring to picnic to plotting evil or something along those lines. I think I mentioned it in the review because it right. made me laugh. Um, and I was like, that sounds like a great third day, I'll be honest. <laughs> okay. Um, but we we found it's, it's a good game if you play it straight-laced to the rules. Mm-hmm. If you just play it as a game, yeah. as they say, it's a good game. If you play it with... Joking about with your characters, like you would if your if your D and D character were mm. playing this game, for example. Yeah. We took so much more from it. It was yeah. so fun, um, because we then it was then what our characters were doing. So it removed that weird buffer of, I'm mm. um, playing as a random thing that I've written down in a dating game that feels a bit awkward. Yeah. To, it's alright because it's my D and D character, and they're gonna go off exploring evil, but they've burnt out. So what went wrong? Yeah. Ah, well, I've decided it went wrong because they're big bad evil guy didn't like ice cream and we offered them ice cream like stupid <laughs> reasons or stupid like reasons for that to fail or mm. to succeed adding those stories in made it way more fun mm-hmm. so a good game a, a perfectly solid fine game to play mm. straight laced very good game to play if you add in your own character in Excellent. more depth
0: that's a report from our the dating scene <laughs> the board game dating scene from Charlie there <laughs> um uh, excellent oh um there's like okay so there's like a joke here which is like um astrology it's like what sign the dragons i don't
1: know what where I is think, this going i think
0: they'd have <laughs> to be libras wouldn't they
1: oh, i don't know Cause i don't the, know my star signs
0: because of the scales
1: oh yeah oh that's a painful joke Yeah.
0: Right. okay
1: <laughs> you can tell you're a parent It's a <laughs> very dad joke I know,
0: Sorry. <laughs> I do apologise. Um, okay, my last one for today. It's just a very brief one Go on. on the uh, in my quest through weird indie RPGs, um, which <laughs> not is not like this is the theme or anything. No, I know, I know. It's a real, <laughs> it's a real problem of mine, and it's it's one of those things where a magazine can't just be about weird RPGs. Sadly,
1: how did you do through ZineQuest?
0: Um, I've uh, not bought anything through ZineQuest. Actually, Have you? I've been, um, I'm I've impressed. I've been, been very good. So um, it all looks brilliant, though, uh, and we are going to. Um, do do something on that for the show and the uh, and the next magazine. We're gonna have a little.
1: I keep getting emails from Kickstarter being like, "Don't forget about this one that you favourited," and I'm like, "Oh, it's usually postage that puts me off more yeah. than anything else because I do yeah. want a physical copy. I mean, I ordered, but I don't want to pay twenty quid I postage mean, for a eight quid zine.
0: I say that I've pre-ordered. There's a another vinyl album that's also an RPG that just popped up on. Because <laughs> um, it's course. like <laughs> this is the problem. This is the problem, right? Okay, so this this is a, this is a horrible like um hipster tendency or something that I've got going on here, which is uh I just think it's really cool when you've got like a cool vinyl and then an album and uh, and then it, with with an album sleeve which is also like a map and then also you've got a rule book for an RPG as well and you can put them on at the same time in theory. Um obviously it doesn't really work. It doesn't really work. We had, we had Robot Death Jungle in by Games Omnivorous, which is a uh, weird album, quite good for what it is. Um but like it's uh, it's very it would be very very light RPG treatment, you know. Uh, and I got, you know, also back the the Morkborg one.
2: The, <laughs> Which one? I love They appear in the so
1: many different variants. I know, I know. Because they the, they've got a really cool.
0: Licensing
1: community thing. thing yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, That means there's constantly Morkborg stuff on there, but it's all so good.
0: Yeah, it's all it's all really good. And this this is an official one put together by Games On and uh, Pele and uh, Joanne. Um, anyway. Sorry, I've got, right. oh, oh, yeah, I got excited about Zine I forgot about it. It was I'm, like,
2: oh, there's so many things. No, there,
0: there are a lot of things on there. we want to go check out Zine quest 3, um, because I think it's one of the places where we get a lot of the weird ideas that filter into the rest of the gaming. I think this is where they come from. Um, so
1: many. I'm thinking about them now, and I'm like, it's going to cost me a lot of money.
0: But Hyper Tellurians. Hyper uh, Which is a great little RPG. Um, uh, I say little, it's quite a long book for a little RPG. Um, and it's about being a cosmonaut um so you're having a wild space adventure nice yeah and we all have to have wild space adventures they're the best kind of space adventures to have um and it's a weird book because it's mostly like it's like 10 pages of characters per character type and stuff like that so it's all really player focused the gm suggestions are very very light indeed uh, my only real criticism and I'll get this out up front is just needed more monsters to throw at people just like really easily just with some basic stats would have been helpful but apart from that once you get past that and you know, having to make up some stats on the spot um, which is in the end fine um, the core of the game which is wonder uh, is brilliant like truly brilliant because wonder is the advancement mechanic. so that's how you characters, your characters, your player characters get better um, it's also your the equivalent of like story points in other games. Right. So if you play the Alias cinematic um, scenarios, uh, you will get story points if you complete your agendas, um, and it's just one of those things where it's a bit like that in the sense like you can spend it for like a free critical roll, basically, or a reroll, or anything to get yourself out of trouble. Right. Nice. Um, so it uses it uses that sort of system, and it's kind of clever in that because how do you get wonder you see something wondrous something weird happens and you get some wonder right so it makes your characters read the characters because i was gming the game the characters you're playing with or playing uh kind of against in some some cases um uh makes them search the world for these strange things and i think you know depending on what your group's like so they may want to like kind of always be progressing the story um my groups are very chaotic for the most part so i'm sure they all are really <laughs> um but uh it's a way of encouraging that kind of chaos that i i really really appreciated that the characters were the players were always looking for like the weirdest thing that could happen and then they'd do it
2: nice.
0: you know and i think that's sort of like a really nice thing to be given as a gm yeah that you can be like handing these sweets out basically of like here's some have some the points you did something weird um and also the, char- the pre-gen characters are really good. You just go look them up um, as well, uh, because there's like a half fish man skeleton. That's as one you of do, them, who has to drag himself round, so like it's quite noisy. <laughs> Which is just like you know anything stealth doesn't really that work. Um, yeah, it uses an interesting health mechanic where like when you your stats are your health, as it were. Um, so you are just tracking against them, and when you run out of one of them in combat. Um, you roll on a like critical injury chart and that sort of thing so it's a little bit like um, electrical bastion land in that regard so you kind of like progress by not always getting better but sometimes you get better um, so yeah it's uh, super interesting I recommend everyone like at least check it out i think it's I think for people who are familiar very familiar with um dD like if you're fully enamored with dD I think it would uh, be, be good service to you to chuck or D anD D characters into one of the one of these worlds, and see what happens just for a bit. Nice, just a little wormhole <laughs> in your world, um, uh, and that's that's Hyper Nice, which you should go check out. So, the one other thing we need to mention is there's a virtual show going on at the Woo! end of March, twenty uh, seventh and twenty eighth of March. Um, come along, join us, watch some cool videos of not only big names that you know, but some indies you haven't heard of, and some people looking for prototype players or playtesters
1: it's a spring showcase so we're looking forward into the year what's cool what's coming out soon what are you looking forward to what have you got that we're going to take nosy at? what are we going to be excited about yeah. this year
0: there's still time to be part of it we all, we pre-record all our videos so uh as long as you've got a, a camera and a, a will to perform um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're we're happy to um hear from you so do, do just reach out to us through any, via any of the social channels uh, or via email that's all scribbled in the magazine and on the website so you can do that as well um, uh, if you've got a game that you want to highlight in some way just, just give us a message we're happy to uh, yeah. accommodate because um, we're just trying to look forward to something
1: It's, like, <laughs> it's one of my favourite things at the minute is obviously sort of looking as to what what what's coming forward but also having people coming back and going oh I've got this and, and I've got this and I'm, I'm looking at this and the sheer excitement Um, Like, one of the things I've loved about Mm. doing this is is I'm buzzing now. Mm. I know there's stuff that's coming out soon. And I'm now, like, before I was like, yeah, it's twenty twenty-one. It's all right. There's there's some cool stuff coming out. Now I'm like, oh, my goodness, you want to see this video? This is really cool. I did not know this was happening. Or just more depth about stuff that you thought in passing, yeah, that's coming out. And then seeing it real. It's there. It's tangible. It's cool.
0: Yeah. We're, we're, we're heavily focused on looking forward Yeah. at this point. Uh, we've got conversations with um, people at like Free League um, and things like that about what's coming up for them that you may not know about, so you should tune in for that sort of thing uh, over that weekend um, uh, amongst other other creators as well. We've
1: so. got some great stuff from uh, Glenn and Mike back.
0: Oh, Glenn and Mike back, so yes. So we had the
1: Glenn and Mike show. This is now going to be part two. So yes. we've got a whole new name and a whole new rebrand. It's Glenn so and Mike Redux. So you, but I mean, I loved the last ones. Mm. I thought the last ones were fantastic, and they've confirmed they're coming back with two new videos for us. So, so I'm buzzing. It's going to be great. Uh,
0: yeah, this is going to be Mike Hutchinson. And Glenn Ford. And Glenn Ford. But Mike Hutchinson of A Billion Sons, which everyone is absolutely hyped about right now. Yes. Um,
1: yeah, there's a lot of buzz for that. And you've got Glenn from uh, Mannequin Games, so The Rage of Montalbano? Montalbano? Something like that. The problem was is that they, they did a really wonderful video on it where they took the mickey out of what the name was, so he said it wrong every time, um, and I chuckled like anything at it, but now I can't get the right name in my head. That's <laughs> right.
0: Um, so they're back. They're back. And uh, we're going to have a good time with them again. So Yeah, uh, we've
1: got tons. As, as the more and more people come back, the more excited I am, and the lovely, it's just lovely to be reminded we're just a big, massive community.
0: Yeah, that's it. That's it. So come be part of it. Whoa. Woo! Yeah, Um, and pick up the next issue of the magazine.
1: Yes, with the Digimon cards.
0: With the Digimon cards on the front. Yeah. You know you want them. (laughs) I do. Yeah, me too. (laughs) Yeah, they're all shiny. They're foil. They're great. Um, I know. I know. I think so. um, Thank you for listening.
1: Thanks for listening.
0: Um, We'll be back soon. Speak soon. Bye. Bye. We're waving.
1: (laughs) We've been trained by Zoom calls. (laughs)
0: Welcome to the Tabletop Gaming Magazine podcast. I'm Chris Eggett, the editor of the magazine.
1: And I'm Charlie Pettit, the online editor.
0: We've got a new magazine coming out.
1: It's, it's almost like we do this every month.
0: And it's just another issue. It keeps happening. Woohoo! We're not sure how. <laughs> um, just
1: every now and again, it emerges and we're like, oh, cool, time for that again. <laughs> yeah, I think mean, we're just,
0: just going to talk about it and we'll talk about some of the games we reviewed in it. And, Why not? Uh, have a nice time. Yeah. Um, so uh, this, this issue is issue 52. 52. Of the magazine. There's mm-hmm. been 51 issues before this. And there's a couple of things on the cover.
1: Oh, it's such an exciting cover. Yeah. Uh,
0: first of all, there's the uh, X-Men Mutant Insurrection cover, which is out now. Uh, right now, you can go buy that if you want. Uh, and then read along with our feature, which is a in-depth uh, interview with the creators of the game. Um, it's a sort of dice game where you, uh, roll, you roll dice to match things that appear uh, on the uh, sort of uh, enemy cards to complete those those missions. Um, so it's it's an exciting, interesting game because it really reflects like uh, X Men of like my childhood from the cartoons in some ways. Although the the costumes aren't quite that; they're actually f- from all over the place. Um, so you, sorry, are you an X Men fan?
1: I'm. I'm not. Not intentionally an X Men fan. I remember watching the films when I was younger, but never stuck around with them, so I was intrigued Hmm. when this came in, but not in the sense that I'm aware some people love this, and I was so scared, sort of opening it up and talking about it on an unboxing, Hmm. that I was like I'm not going to dare name which one's which, because I'm not 100% sure I'd get it right
0: Uh, Dear listener, I didn't know this (laughs) (laughs) Um.
1: (laughs) What I did know there was a jet in it, I got to build (laughs) I got to build a jet so I can appreciate it from a game point of view, but I have an unfortunate audience for the X Men point of view. Absolutely, yeah. but uh,
0: uh, well, it's got um, like a weird selection of like X Men in it. Um, so it's got like uh, I think Krakatoa as a bad guy, um, which is like a sentient uh, island. So that and that's from uh, Giant X Men Number One, which is like a, a really old comic and not something you'd kind of recognise as the uh, something that. Uh, people saw in the cartoons or anything like that Um, but everyone's wearing kind of like spandex like they are in the cartoons so um yeah it's also strange because this is a uh this is a like decent x-men game uh and we really haven't had any (laughs) x-men games um the the thing you'll see online endlessly is people just saying fantasy flight please put x-men into marvel champions and they've they just say no really um (laughs) and they've made this instead uh and it's probably um it's probably for the best Uh, because this is a uh, really uh, interesting game that has all of the required like teenage angst of people falling out and stuff (laughs) like that. Uh.
1: I do love that they're bringing... They're paying homage to the original comics, the original cartoons, the stuff that people grew up with, um, and putting in characters that fans enjoy rather than just paying lip service. So if they were doing it for me, it would be Wolverine, Phoenix, Cyclops. Yeah, but they're all there. Like the Magneto and whatever. Yeah. Anything else would be, yeah. I don't know who they are. Yeah. But this then, A, gives me an opportunity to learn who those people are. And also, the people that are fans of them finally get to see the people they want mm-hmm. in those games. Which is quite nice.
0: Yeah, there's, there's like Armor, who is a character I I haven't read before. I've never read about Armor, um, Which is a character that only exists in like a post-Scarlet Witch uh, decimation of the planet timeline, which I have not read.
2: I've not read. <laughs>
1: there's this whole world out there of like really cool subplots, like yeah. if you think even the last issue with mm. Batman Who Laughs Rising yeah, exactly. I to say, I didn't know that was a subplot and it's, it's mm. so in depth and there's so much there and it's really cool and yeah. you just sort of think why didn't I know about this before?
0: Yeah I'm really drawn to these things, this is my like my natural place in comics, like the things I used when I had time to read comics. Uh, this is the kind of thing I used to go after. My my favourite like X Men timeline is the alternative uh, um, Age of Apocalypse timeline, where basically Magneto becomes the hero of the X Men, leader of the X Men. Interesting. And, um, yeah, it's 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 a quite an interesting story. And there's a whole bit where uh, I guess spoilers. There's a whole bit where X Force get like really let down by the people who look after X Force, which is like Colossus uh, and uh, someone else whose name I've completely forgotten um uh but they you know like tried like there's a lot of tragedy in this in this uh like timeline and you know but it's like not what you think of when you think of the x-men necessarily because you usually think of like it being either a metaphor for civil rights or about teenagers arguing at school um they're kind of being a mutant is like basically a metaphor for puberty I think <laughs> that's basically it
1: I mean, you raise a valid point. <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: what they're all doing. They're, you know, they're all like having, you know, uh, all the characters all about, like, the things they can't have. You know, they all have their own problems, you know. Um, and it's all to do with changes they can't control in themselves. That's that's what the... I think that's what the metaf- one of the metaphors is about this. Interesting. So There's lots of different ways to see X-Men, and that's why I like it. Anyway, so that's on the cover, and I've just immediately launched off into that. There's another <laughs> thing on the cover, which you may know about already if you're one of the... <laughs> hundreds of people who've pre-ordered it way early because of this um with good reason with good reason i think Charlie's is going to tell us what's on the cover
1: we have six promo cards for digimon
0: so these are uh a set of six foil cards you know that we've printed images of them you can see where the cards you're going to get in them but they're the cards that you would sometimes get in the boxes that i open and this is one of the best ways to get all of them mm. Um, is to uh, buy our magazine <laughs> hilariously but um, so with that's on the cover and if you are interested in Digimon and maybe you have a starter set or maybe you've not been able to get hold of them at the moment they're very hard to get hold of um, it's probably a nice place to start at least you know just at least have some Digimon cards um,
1: and it comes with a magazine
0: And it comes with a magazine that's quite good as well
1: <laughs> I will say though sorry, on this <clears throat> topic of Digimon is obviously we had the issue a couple of issues ago that was mm. included that feature on yeah, that was our cover. Digimon which was Fabulous, but then you also recently did a live stream with Wasi. Yes, that I thought was really interesting mm-hmm. to hear from his point of view. So the stuff that we look at and we're like, oh, that's that's really good from a new Digimon player side of things yeah. to someone who knows everything about it and can be like, there are three versions of this or.
0: Yes, I mean he he's played the role that everyone has to play with me, which is they're the smart one and I'm the dumb one. <laughs> um so he but he is uh genuinely one of the smartest people at card games out there. So it's a uh, really entertaining stream. It's um up Such on YouTube an now. Watch. You can you can go watch it on Tabletop Mag. Tabletop Gaming Mag, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's the look I got there. Um forgetting the name of our social channel wrong. Um uh on YouTube. And you can go watch that now. It's been slightly edited to cut out some uh some minor uh, technical issues and uh, <laughs> uh but you can see you can see uh, the vast array of Digimon cards it's worth mentioning that this is a really good game this is a really good it's card so
1: good game. independently
0: uh, and you don't you don't need to have like a deep knowledge of uh, of Digimon to actually play it because the systems are very very simple it's very a very energetic system like uh, big there's big swing turns and stuff like that and it feels really really good and. Um, Uh, and now is the time to get into Digimon I keep saying this, now is the time to get into Digimon before it becomes stratospherically big (laughs) and you have no chance of catching up with all of the lore and everything.
1: Much like Pokemon (laughs) Much like
0: Pokemon or Magic the Gathering or uh, or, or, or Yu-Gi-Oh which I think has got a similar level of um, uh, madness about it Uh, So yeah, that's on the front of the cover of this this issue that's on sale on the 26th of February
1: 26th Feb, it's a Friday It's a Friday Nice treat for the weekend.
0: Absolutely. Okay. So that's what's on the cover. We could open the Mac now.
2: (laughs) Uh, Turn
1: to page one. Yeah. So yes, (laughs) this is
0: our read-along series. (laughs) Uh, So I'm going to read you uh, the contents page first. Uh, No, I'm not. Um, So what did we review this this issue, Charlie?
1: We did tons. I had a look at Holy, Mm -hmm. which I was very, very impressed with. I loved the look of the cover, loved the premise of it, but didn't expect it to be as fun as I found it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's basically sort of, you create a, I want to say a 3D board, but a three layered board yeah. um, that you sort of have images of, you always think 3D chess when you think the sort of mm-hmm. stacks, I think, or I do anyway. Um, and then you're basically sort of putting tiles down in places that are throwing paint, in inverted commas, yeah. um, to create your... Um, your grid you have to match them up so it's sort of area control tile placement etc but as you go up levels your paint can drop down so you need to be aware of what you're doing on the top levels it's very involved very fun and it surprised me yeah
0: Uh, i like games like this where um they are adding a layer of like weird um strategy or abstraction to the game by just giving you like a literal different way to look at things, yeah. Like yeah, yeah. you know, when you got a game where you, you you set up maybe part of the board, or you um, uh, you become you have like a three D maze or something in a, in a um, maybe a miniatures game or something like that, mm. and like changes just changes the way you think about the puzzles that you're being given. You know,
1: it's also like I noticed what it's a really old reference as the Top Gear lean is like pretending that you're not really that bothered about it it's fine mm-hmm. but actually you're getting closer and closer to the board and you're standing up more and more often yeah. to be like I just want to see it a bit closer let me let me take another look and Excellent. you find yourself sort of way more into it than you anticipated to begin with um and the other thing that surprised I mean the gameplay is brilliant i mm. recommend it it's it's a really good game to play um the other thing though that surprised me about it um was it comes with a that it goes together so well because it could mm. very easily not. Yes, um, well,
0: we've had, we've had lots of chats about that, haven't we, before? the yes. um, Games that are, like, 3D in some way that then, for example, won't go back in the box. Yes. Still 3D?
1: Yeah, and it, it's not even that it's still 3D, it's that they don't have places when it goes back in the box, so you just chuck it back in. And then it's that thing when you turn it sideways to put it on your shelf, if you're a yeah. turn-it-sideways person, and you just hear it fall. If you're
0: a turn-it-sideways person.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's, there's a yeah. divide. Do you stack or do you turn it sideways? Yeah. I mean, which are you?
0: Mainly stack, but just chaos
1: <laughs> I'm actually using my board games as additional desk space at the moment they're stacked yeah. up to the perfect desk height yeah so that's where all my like do do spare that. mags and stuff goes so at right. the moment they're stacked but normally I'm a sideways person because I think they look cooler um but it's got I think it's called game trays yeah, yeah they've got an association with so everything fits back beautifully I have never seen a game packed away so nicely hmm. and because it does stress me out when you take it out and everything's everywhere it's so nice to see hmm. Wasn't expected, I appreciate it's written on the front Game trays, but I didn't really take the inference yeah. of how nice it would be to actually put a game away properly without having to buy additional inserts. Staff, yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, just, yeah, shout out to Game trays. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, Very we, cool. Uh, we like them. Um, <laughs> and uh, and also uh, my favourite implementation of that is a game I talk about too much called Rurik. Um, which <laughs> I, the
1: worst part is you said the game I talk about too much, and I was like, which one?
0: <laughs> yeah, that's it. I only talk about like four games. <laughs> Um. Yeah. Uh, just that's a beautiful implementation of it where you everything has a home. You're just yeah. <laughs> every little yeah. trays go in bigger trays. <laughs> it's
1: been really annoying me recently. I don't know what it is that like if I can't work out where something mm. goes. Even, like, we had a look at um, Rising Sun earlier, didn't we? And yeah, everything has a place, but finding that place is so annoying.
0: Yeah, so they, you described that as a game in itself. Like, yeah. this is an annoying game <laughs> they've given us. This is the puzzle. Us. This is the putting away game.
1: This is the game um, I can convince mum to play. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. um, Everything's got a place, mum. It's fine. It's like a puzzle.
0: Yeah. I wonder I wonder if this... Because this, I, I think I've become more, like, uptight about putting my games away than I used to be. Um, I wonder if that's because uh, we're all working from home at the moment and like we're all our space is so much invaded by um, our lives uh, our work lives and our hobby lives that um, actually the idea that there's also a box that's messy as well that's being invaded <laughs> uh, is somehow annoying I wonder I wonder if there's some know. like psychological thing there
1: it might be for you I have to I've, I've always been stressy about boxes going away properly and everything fit in in its place hmm. so that's
0: true i don't actually yes yeah
1: because there was a game that you brought in at one point that stressed me out so much
0: yes yeah, so i think i kept putting the box lid on the wrong way round.
1: that yep yeah, that drives me nuts yeah. <laughs> no it was small world of warcraft
0: oh i mean that was a absolute
1: i mean don't get me wrong the spaces for it were dreadful well no but... no, no
0: they, they, it was, they tried really really hard that, but, but I kind of saying, held down Huh?
1: Nothing was held down. No, it
0: wasn't. Nothing was clipped in. <laughs> yes, sometimes sometimes you get the little bits of plastic, but they've molded it so it like holds on. Yeah. This is a a really nerdy conversation. Actually, I've just realised. Um, <laughs> I uh, don't know.
1: I take these things very seriously. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I do. I remember that game, and it took uh, me and my uh, my friends who um, under my, my review group basically uh, took us like an hour and a half to pop everything and put everything in the right place so and stuff. Much like stuff. That. Um, it's still small world, it's still really good it's good fun Um, but it's just, uh, it was I think I came to it with a certain amount of resentment of having to pop all that (laughs) stuff and put it all in these right places and then obviously on the drive to work when I brought it back in for other people to have a go at um, I just uh,
1: remember lifting the box and the box lid was not on in line with the box so that stressed me out and then there's just stuff everywhere I was like, how do you know what tokens are which? You were like, I tried That's
0: actually one of the problems with the World of Warcraft version Uh, is that because it's all World of Warcraft, unless you're deeply enamored and deeply um, into that world, uh, you can't necessarily, from a glance, tell the difference between um, an orky thing and a trolley thing Uh, because they're all in this sort of like... Because World of Warcraft has the the problem of a lot of massive multiplayer games and that sort of thing of having the edges all taken off everything because it's full, like, a really broad audience. So everything's like... It's kind of like smooth and super polished and stuff like that, but also it means kind of doesn't have its own character in a gritty sort of way everything's kind of really smooth (laughs) which is a strange strange thing to say I know but like in terms of iconography and stuff like that if you were into that world obviously you're going to be able to identify everything immediately whereas I was there going okay that's a stone tusk guy whatever (laughs) okay this is a different kind of tusk guy Um, and then mm,
1: I'm dreadful for that is like renaming something what I think it is yeah and just be like, oh that's the that's the so and so and then I'll come to review it or to talk about it yeah. later and I'll be like, Oh, that's XYZ. She'd be like, yeah. The what? The what is that? Like, oh, I think it's called the the Goblin or yeah. like whatever it actually <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: is. I'm a nightmare for it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I did that when um playing uh Angkor, which is a really great two player game that everyone should have a go at. Um and uh that's that's like a nice modular market game, so it's different every time you play and it's just like Buying and selling things—that's it—and you're just trying to make money. It's really easy, really quick, um, and a lovely contemplative little game. Um, uh, The kind of thing I would recommend to people uh, to get away from, you know, the hustle and bustle of daily life, except we're all forced into doing that at the moment anyway. Um, But that's a game where uh, there's like um, fabric in it—a red uh, fabric—in a like pile, which to me looked like a couple of stakes. I, I just I just hadn't I just hadn't looked at it properly and so I was just saying like meat I'm going to buy the meat and the people I was playing with eventually someone just said to me, you keep saying meat right? why <laughs> it's, like, it's like clearly like linen or something um, so uh, yes yeah, we all suffer from that occasionally don't we so, um, we're going to just segue wildly as if we didn't have to remind ourselves what we was what was in the magazine
2: um
1: as a side note, that's because we work so far in advance. Yes. That we have to wait for the magazine to come out, not because we don't know what we're doing. <laughs>
0: well, I don't know what I'm doing, but well, Charlie, yes, Charlie's yes. very much totally debatable. Charlie, Charlie's <laughs> very much uh, uh, in the know about what she's doing, at the very least. Um, <laughs> so we've also got we've also got a game called Necromolds. Uh, I loved this in in the magazine we've got a nice feature on that uh, it's on Kickstarter right now late pledges you can grab that if you really want it uh, I'm waiting my copy to arrive uh, as, I, uh, as as everyone else says it will go on sale on their website afterwards as well but what is it actually Charlie you tell me what <laughs> is it
1: I can't explain this without being like you just get to smush your Play-Doh enemies which
0: you get to smush your Play-Doh enemies <laughs> and it's a that's what
1: I took for it and I'm so excited about it
0: so it's a uh, it's a it's a light war game where you each your army is built out of these little books of molds which you squeeze together play them inside and then reopen and then you've got a little monster soldier thing that you then wander about on the board with doing things like you normally would such as um shooting punching moving that's about it, really. It's really it's a really light war game. Uh, it's, it's been designed um, by uh, Bahatu uh, and he he particularly uh, wanted to make something that was like kid friendly. You know, something where you could get kids into war games. I think it really family friendly sort of affair. It uses this sort of action dice where you roll some dice and then you put those dice onto the slots you want to use for each monster, and they sort of some monsters sort of help each other along, and that's all well and good. But the main thing is that once you punch someone else's monster and you beat them by rolling some dice that are better than their dice, you smush them. Smush them! And that's it. You get this, like, caster ring thing, which is like a little... um, uh, Was it a signet ring? Is that right? It could be either. Yeah. It's like a a ring that you put on. It's got, like, a little panel on it and your, like, logo. And you, from above, like a big Monty Python foot, come down (laughs) upon the killed soldier... Uh, and you splatter them and then they become terrain. So they become cover <laughs> and I think that's like in other games That's a really grim idea in this one because they're all like play-doh golems. It's fine.
1: It's just delightful, um, it's utterly delightful.
0: I, I'm really looking forward to um, uh, What I really want to see is I want to see this at a convention somewhere. I want to see people <laughs> gleefully smushing each other's <laughs> monsters um, and also it's, it's elegant as well I really like it because it's got this whole thing of you know you have a points buy in most war games you have to you know sort out your army beforehand you have to sort of build your army decide how much you are going to spend on different things give you know give these people some grenades and these people a rocket launcher and that sort of stuff um, and that's all part of part of getting set up well, in this one you just decide how much clay you're gonna use and that's how many points you're gonna spend and that's it so if you want a bigger army you just use more clay you agree with the other person how much clay you can use and that's it that's brilliant
1: so clever it's yeah. it's one of those games we see this every now and again where something comes out and it's really innovative and you look at it and go why on earth have we not done this before i know this is a great idea yeah.
0: i mean the thing is i think i feel like i have done this as a child but i didn't have a rule set to go with it
1: <laughs> <laughs> i mean yes you've made play-doh monsters and squished them yes yeah. but- <laughs> It's half the fun. Well, or well, rather, well, well, but... well,
0: maybe squish my younger brothers.
1: Aww. <laughs> I don't See, I don't have siblings, so that seems so mean. Yeah. Um, but never in, so, never in a formalised game where it just makes perfect sense. That's it. Reuse them, start again, ready for next time. Yeah. Fabulous.
0: I think it's very funny. It's very funny. Yeah. Um, yeah, I suppose the only real problem is that you can't mix the Play Doh up into one big brown ball.
1: You should never do that. Oh, the stress. <laughs>
0: Um, so, from one war game to another, I also played my, my first real block war game. Um, and for those that don't know, a block war game is a game of war with blocks. Now, <laughs> uh, obviously. It's imaginative. I know. Um, <laughs> so, this was uh, A War Without an Enemy, which is about the English Civil War. Um, and uh, one player become is the Royalists, one player is the Parliamentarians. Um, you get your. Um, Little square blocks of wood in your color you stick stickers on them for quite a long time before playing the game It took a little while and then you get quite nervous about not getting them straight Um, And then you're playing the game um, Across England in a sort of area control sort of way um, uh, Taking turns moving and mustering and recruiting and stuff like that exactly the sort of stuff you expect to do in pretty much any war game of this kind um, Except your blocks are only facing you Um, So you're the only one who knows where? Your units are, and what units are in each area. So you're reflecting the the sort of fog of war aspect of not knowing what the enemy's up to either. And so you can you have all these choices, like you can retreat before the battle and stuff like that, which becomes really tactically important because you're just like kind of guessing that. Okay, so I've I've only I've actually only got one cavalry here or whatever like that, and what if they've got three cavalry? I'm absolutely screwed. And that sort of thing um, and it's just like uh, the kind of like I'm, I said this in the review it's parts of it are almost like a party game in that respect because it like a like a social deduction game except you're also you know checking for supply and things like that and <laughs> rolling dice to see if you shoot people um, but uh, because because one of the goals is to catch the king if you're the parliamentarians because um, that's one of your goals you you kind of like hunting it's like trying to find hitler and secret hitler or yeah the werewolf or whatever mm. you know any of these any of these games with like a bit of social deduction in them or whatever you are you're looking for the king here and so you think you're you know chasing him down in some way because like, you've decided that's your the way you're going to beat this game uh, or beat your opponent um but he's not with them. He's not with the people you've been chasing down with all of your expended resources. He's, you know, mucking about York somewhere or something. Um and that's <laughs> just uh and it was just way better than it possibly could have been for something for me, who finds the subject dry because um not a very good history buff. I'm not that in, into history. Um, it was just way more enjoyable than it, it really should have been. Um
1: I think there's a nervousness about playing war games if yeah. you're not a history buff. It's like a I'm gonna get it wrong, there's a ton of rules and yeah. I'm probably gonna break one of those rules without realising and then I'm gonna ruin it. Whereas this necromolds gives you the example of where war games yeah. doesn't have to be an intimidating.
0: Yeah. Well no I will say this was really intimidating. The rule book was huge. <laughs> I take it back. I <laughs> what it was and it was a complete mess and it took me ages to work out exactly oh. how everything worked. But the thing is, it's one of those games there's
1: such an issue with rule books as well when they're not as concise as they can be. Well,
0: again, we're going to bring up Rising Sun. This is, a, this is like, we got all those pieces out and you've not played Rising Sun, but you have mm. played Blood Rage. Yes. And I, I got all those pieces out and, um, and, we would, and it's just one of those things like, I know in my heart that this is a really simple game of actually just people's intentions really well represented in reality. Mm. When you're actually playing the game with other people, you, um, you can enjoy it on a, like, again, the above the, above the board level. Yeah, the interactions you're having that's, that's, what, you really, that's what you're really—that's what you really playing man just like all the pieces suddenly fall into place in your mind there but when you're actually setting it up you're like god I can't remember what, <laughs> what this does again uh.
1: I, found, I found a really stark difference because obviously I've been playing games with friends that have been new games so mm. ones that we're looking to review and I've sat there and I've tried to absorb the rule book as much as possible and then I've tried to present to them what it is, I forget how much of a difference it makes. So um, I played a game with a friend that he was vaguely familiar with, but mm-hmm. he's someone that can look at the rules and immediately tell you everything you need to know about them. Ever. Yeah. And someone else condensing the rules for me based on the rule book that I then read after is phenomenal. The difference between what what you need that's to it. know to play, what you're told to try and get there in the first place, and the experience for me was so much more enjoyable by someone just going, "I get it. Yeah. Let me let me talk you through."
0: That's <laughs> it. Yeah, yeah. I think that's um. I think Horizon Sun is actually a really good example of that because that's that's a game I sat down with for uh, the rule book for like uh, quite a long time before playing because it was gonna be our like the big game of mm-hmm. the evening um so that was like the first thing gonna be the first thing on the table um and it's the first time I try to do like a, a hard teach of people um and uh, it's really strange when you actually try and do that how people react because because usually, like you know, if, in, if you know, if I wasn't doing this job, for example, and we were just all sitting there trying to work out the rules together. It's some back and forth. And we sort of muddle through it. You yeah, know. Do you
1: reckon it's this? Maybe it's this. Do yeah, they yeah.
0: mean this? Oh, it's this bit in the rules. There you go, done. Um, but when you're doing the hard, the hard teach, you just want to. You're kind of just saying, "That's a great question. I'll come back to that in a minute." <laughs> uh, and it's like,
1: maybe we'll play and we'll find out as we go.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's the other way. That's the normal way a lot of people learn, isn't it? Just like, that doesn't make sense. That's chip rules. Yeah.
1: Which, I was thinking about this recently because mm. I downloaded Wingspan on oh, yeah. the Switch, which I've been talking about doing for a really long time and never yeah. done. Um, but I've never played Wingspan. So I thought it would be an interesting comparison between, mm. if I can pick it up on there, how well that then translates onto mm. a board game. Um, but it's really interesting that the tutorial that takes you through it is the way the tutorial would do if it were... a board game rule book mm-hmm. not if it were a video game Yeah. so video games will take you through they'll teach you a little bit you'll do something that demonstrates that you've learnt that and then they'll teach you the next bit mm-hmm. and you'll do something that demonstrates that whereas we front load all of the information mm-hmm. on board games and I just thought it was it was an interesting comparison I've still not played through Wingspan because after about 20 minutes of the tutorial I was a little bit I just need a break and I'll come yeah. back to it in a bit Um, is that can we find ways like I like the quick start ones where they're like just set this up Talk you through, yeah, and then you're off. Yeah. Um, whereas big front-loaded ones, when they're like a thirty-page that, document, um,
2: that's
0: that's funny actually because Wingspan's a really good example of a game that teaches itself as a board game really well because it come most most editions of Wingspan come with a um, a little sectioned-off packet which is um, a tutorial of and with cards specifically designed like you're going to play this card next and that sort of stuff. So yeah. like really hand-holding I mean,
1: to be fair, it did from what from all the way through that i got of it it was very much like we're going to play this card next yeah. this card's going to give us this um but it was a bit too it was still too much in one go yeah i think that's the difference between how quick it is to pick up other things yeah so i'd be interested i might look into sort of more of them sort of where where instances of are our, our similar learn this and do this and see if it works mm-hmm. any quicker for that that climb that you have when you're trying to learn the game before it switches and you start enjoying the game. Yeah,
2: yeah.
0: I think, and again, I'm going to say a bit like Rising Sun Wingspan is a game that once your your head's in it, it's like everything you're doing is just a, a really pure expression of what you want to do. Yeah, it's like a really your your, your will is properly expressed, and that I think that's, yeah, that's one of the reasons I like it is because you're like properly inside the machine. Yeah. Um, Rather than like uh, just externally prodding at things, saying oh, that, that's probably what I'm going to do, um, uh, which is the difference between a very good Cayman and uh, OK ones, mm. often. Um, so that was at the start a war without an enemy. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm go uh, distracted. <laughs> yeah, uh, which I sort of recommend if you're willing to wade through the rule book. Um, it's definitely. Interesting, and if you're someone who likes a game with the equivalent of a event deck, although in this case the events are actual history happening, um, uh, then um, you'll probably quite enjoy this. So, uh, I, I kind of, I kind of recommend that. Sounds good. Yeah. Um, next up, next up, the Dice Hospital expansion, care in the community. No, hold on, community care. Yes, community care. Dice Hospital community care, not care in the community. That's a different thing. <laughs> Um so uh Dice Hospital is um everyone's favorite hospital management game that uses dice. Um <laughs> uh it's, it's probably one of the better hospital games, you know. It's, it's cuz it's got a you know in terms of like getting to what we all want, which is a version of theme hospital on your tabletop. Um That's that's the ultimate goal, I think. Uh, Dice Hospital does the closest thing to it. Um, It's it's a lovely lovely game for those who don't know of um, ambulances arrive with patients on them. These patients happen to be dice. Um, You put the dice uh, into your wards after after collecting them from the ambulances. And then you spend a turn um, changing those dice to more healthy dice and hopefully not killing them. Um, Now, you do that by doing things like treating a red dice with a red meeple on a oh, sorry, with a maple on a red uh, treatment center, and that will improve your dice up to number six. And once they're on number six, they can leave. Nice. Yeah. So um, so that's all cool. Base game is much loved by many many people. Uh, is it Alley Cat? It's
1: Alley Cat. It
0: was. It's Alley Cat. Uh, we like Alley Cat. Like that game. Um, we do. But the expansion. There's. It's. I, I say uh, the expansion. Like there's not three expansions in this box. Um, which there are, and um, I'm I'm going to gloss over two of them because they are um, they're very good, very interesting. Uh, but there's one which is like a proper them. upgrade, um, and so you've got the city expansion in there, which um, replaces those initial uh, grab some dice from the ambulance thing with um, like a city grid, where you have to kind of like send your ambulances out to collect people uh, from. The street or the homes or wherever they happen to be you know where, wherever an ambulance would go get them um and so you are sort of uh it sort of extends that initial selection phase and means there's a little bit more strategy in terms of who you're bringing into your hospital um that's nice if you wanted a crunchier version mm. that's how that's one of the ways you can get it nice. yeah if you wanted to add like yeah, just a little bit more control over what's going on and make that um uh, First-player marker just a little bit more important. It's already quite important in the game, but Because uh, that, that that person I believe chooses first or goes first. I can't quite remember which order it is um, But uh, it, it becomes it's quite a powerful part of the uh, part of the game um, additionally, there is the investments expansion this basically allows you to upgrade every part of your hospital nearly every part of your hospital so whereas um, before you'd be relying on buying new elements and new um, consultants for your hospital to make things better quicker um, here you're able to improve the actual rooms you've already got um, making them more powerful and that's sort of adding a load of tokens to the board to make things just like work better um, again if you're into something the game but but, but crunchier. You just want a heavier version of Dice Hospital. If you just want more Dice Hospital, right, this is great. There's no complaints here. It's good. Yeah? Mm. Yeah. But! 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 The best expansion is the maternity expansion Amazing. because it feels like it just kind of could have just been in the game forever. Uh, it feels like um, the payoff in it is massive. Uh, i uh, sometimes twins. If you roll the dice, like you roll it every time. A, every, time a, uh, every time a mother turns up at your hospital, you you, uh, uh, you roll a dice to see how many babies they're popping out. Oh.
2: Um,
0: and it, it's one or two, <laughs> just to say. be just to be clear, wow. it's one or two, not it's not a d twenty or anything. Like <laughs> that. Uh, yeah. So yeah, uh, roll for birth. Um, anyway. <laughs> Uh, so, but what it does is um, it adds a yeah, just this nice layer of um, having to have separate maternity wards. You're going to have one mother per ward, and then the children go underneath uh, in the sort of like in a subsection of the ward, I guess. Really, um, obviously, things like children are not do not suffer from neglect. The mother doesn't suffer from neglect unless you stick her on a ward with other people. Neglect is the uh, way that at the end of each round, everyone's dice goes down unless you've treated them. Oh yeah, so that that just so, sounded really sad. I know. I it didn't, like, yes, it exactly. sounded
1: so great and birth and twins oh. and neglect. Oh no,
0: I know. Um, but that that is sort of like the one criticism people have of Dice Hospital is that it feels kind of mean because you, sometimes you're trying to keep. Because the scoring mechanics is that you get a certain number of if you release five dice at once, you get more points than if you release two dice. Right. So fixing everyone really quickly and efficiently, you know, a nice churn of people, isn't as good as holding oh. some people back a little bit sick
1: letting them be ill and then, just out. and then get them out and then get them out but this
0: solves that the maternity uh, expansion solves it because first of all it gives you the problem of space in your hospital which is really really good it makes things a bit tighter everywhere else additionally because you can have mothers and twins and uh, unsurprisingly the mothers and the children have to be uh, let out at the same time you can't just <laughs> you can't just slide a baby out the hospital door and say you're healthy enough your mum's not quite ready yet you can't do that um uh <laughs> uh because because of that it means the number of dice you're um releasing at the end of the turn can be huge which means the scores can be massive which is great cuz like who doesn't want more scores mm. yeah um so that's the one that i would say just that should just live in the main box with your rest of your dice hospital stuff the uh the rest of the expansions can just come out for like if you want like a bigger game somewhere. Mm. There's also a solo mode in there, which is good. Just to say, there's a solo mode in there. I officially supported solo mode. You know. <laughs> so there you go, that's just, that was just a pure recommendation there. Nice. Of like one third of an expansion, the rest of it's still good. I'm just saying that bit's really good.
1: You're allowed to have favorites, that's <laughs> fine. Absolutely, <yeah.
0: laughs> Absolutely. So Charlie, I hear you've been swiping left and right.
1: <laughs> which for a married woman is more interesting. <laughs> Never, Tinder wasn't around when I was single. So you never got a chance to sort of... You, then you play on your friend's phones, like, I think you'd match with this one. Yeah. Well, no more. There is a board game for it. Yep. Um, and I think when I did the unboxing of it, I said something like, I never anticipated this game would exist. Um, and it's called Cinder, mm-hmm. which is um, a dragon dating game. Mm-hmm. So if you have always wanted to date a dragon, now is your chance. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have it set up very artistically similar to mm. Tinder, with the exception of instead of a person's picture, you have dragons, mm. or your own card, which might be various different styles. Um, and it feels like the people that made it were massive RPG slash D&D fans. And um, and also may have been on the dating scene or intrigued by the dating scene, and went, "Do you know what?"
0: Intrigued by the dating
2: scene. what
1: Well, sentence? you can know what Tinder is without needing to be on it. And I don't want to infer that the,
2: no, the okay, people fine, that make fine, it fine, fine, are fine.
1: on Tinder. But I feel like they just went. These are two things that are interesting. Let's let's push it together yeah. and make it into a board game as a third, as a sort of ultimate product. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be fair, I was surprised how good it was. Mm-hmm. I was cynical is too strong a word but i looked at him was like this is a really interesting choice that you've made
0: can i ask are you you a dragon
1: no you're dating the dragon
0: yeah
2: so you
1: have your little character cards and they've got like a picture of someone on the back so um there's like a vampire one for example right and then on your character card you then fill in with a um dry wipe marker of course because we like those um your name um preferred pronouns your uh Interests which are in a sort of set. Are you a hoarder of treasure? Are you an investor? Are you a... Of course. I can't remember yeah. what the last one is. Yeah. Um, but you'll select those and sort of things that you like or dislike just to sort of create your own profile. Um, and then you draw the dragons mm. from the main thing and you'll swipe left or right, yeah. in theory. Um, and how well your date then goes, which mm-hmm. is then another card, um, it depends on... So, for example, I might have swiped hoarder on my... Mm-hmm. Um, Thing and they are also a hoarder of treasure, mm-hmm. therefore I get like a, a high statistical dice that I'm going to roll mm-hmm. well.
2: Yeah.
1: If it's not, if it's a poor match, then it's a different one. Yeah. Um, and you roll those, and if you, I think it's if you burn out, if you yeah. get too many flames, then you lose the points, but you can bank them at any point. Uh-huh. but you can turn around and go, actually, this went really well. Yeah. Let's go on a second date and see how it goes, all the way up to a third date. Um.
0: What happens on the third date?
1: Evil. Which is literally Whoa. one of the cards. One of the cards goes from, like... <laughs> I can't remember what it is. It goes from, like, um, exploring to picnic to plotting evil or something along those lines. I think I mentioned it in the review because it right. made me laugh. Um, and I was like, that sounds like a great third day, I'll be honest. <laughs> okay. um, but we we found it's, it's a good game if you play it straight-laced to the rules. Mm-hmm. If you just play it as a game, yep. as they say, it's a good game. If you play it with joking about with your characters like you would if your, if your D&D character were mm. playing this game for example yeah. we took so much more from it it was yeah. so fun um, because we then, it was then what our characters were doing so it removed that weird buffer of mm. um, playing as a random thing that I've written down in a dating game that feels a bit awkward Yeah. to, it's alright because it's my D&D character and they're going to go off exploring evil but they've burnt out so what went wrong? Yeah. Ah, well I've decided it went wrong because they're big bad evil guy didn't like ice cream and we offered them ice cream like stupid reasons or stupid like reasons for that to fail or mm-hmm. to succeed adding those stories in made it way more fun mm-hmm. so a good game a, a perfectly solid fine game to play mm. straight laced very good game to play if you add in your own character in Excellent. more depth
0: that's a report from our the dating scene <laughs> the board game dating scene from charlie there <laughs> um uh, Excellent. Oh, um, there's like okay, so there's like a joke here. Which is like, um, astrology? It's like what sign the dragons?
1: I don't know. What? Where I is think, this going? I think
0: they'd have to be <laughs> Libras, wouldn't they?
1: Oh, I don't know. I don't the, know my star signs.
0: Because of the scales?
1: oh Yeah? Oh, that's a painful joke. Yeah. Oh right. Okay. <laughs> you can tell you're a parent. It's <laughs> a very dad joke.
0: I know, sorry. <laughs> I do apologise. Um, okay, my last one for today. It's just a very brief one Go on. on the uh, in my quest through weird indie RPGs. Um, which <laughs> not is not like this is the theme or anything. No, I know, I know. It's a real, <laughs> it's a real problem of mine. And it's it's one of those things where uh, magazine can't just be about weird RPGs. Sadly,
1: how did you do through ZineQuest?
0: Um, I've uh, not bought anything through ZineQuest. Actually, have you? I've done, um, I'm I've impressed. It's been, been very good. So um, it all looks brilliant though, uh, and we are going to. Um, do do something on that for I've the show list. and the uh, and the next magazine. We're gonna have a little. I keep look getting at those. emails
1: from Kickstarter being like, don't forget about this one that you favourited, and I'm like, oh, it's usually postage that puts me off more yeah, than anything else because I do yeah. want a physical copy. I mean, I ordered, but I don't want to pay twenty quid I postage mean, for an eight quid zine
0: I say that I've pre-ordered. There's a another vinyl album that's also an RPG that just popped up on. Because <laughs> um, it's like this <laughs> is the problem. This is the problem right. Okay, so this, this is a, this is a horrible like um hipster tendency or something that I've got going on here which is uh I just think it's really cool when you've got like a cool vinyl and then an album and uh, and then it, with, with an album sleeve which is also like a map and then also you've got a rule book for an RPG as well and you can put them on at the same time in theory um obviously it doesn't really work it doesn't really work we had, we had robot death jungle in by games omnivorous which is a uh, weird album quite good for what it is um but like it's uh, it's very it would be a very very light RPG treatment, you know. Uh, and I, got, you know, also back the the Morkborg one. <laughs> Which one? I love They appear in the so
1: many different variants. I know, I know. Because of the, they they've got a really cool Licensing community thing. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That means there's constantly Morkborg stuff on there, but it's all so good.
0: Yeah, it's all it's all really good. And this this is an official one put together by Games On Novoris and uh, Pele and uh, Joanne um, anyway sorry, got sorry. W- oh, yeah, I got I know, excited that, about Zine Quest no. um, so I forgot um, about just, it it was um, like
2: oh, there's so many things there are, there,
0: are, there are a lot of things on there I would should go check out Zine Quest 3 um, because I think it's one of the places where we get a lot of the weird ideas that filter into the rest of the gaming I think this is where they come from um, so
1: many- I'm thinking about them now and I'm like it's going to cost me a lot of money
0: but Hyper Tellurium
1: Hyper uh,
0: which is a great little RPG um, uh, I say little it's quite a long book for a little RPG um, and it's about being a cosmonaut um so you're having a wild space adventure nice yeah and we all have to have wild space adventures they're the best kind of space adventures to have um and it's a weird book because it's mostly like it's like 10 pages of characters per character type and stuff like that so it's all really player focused the gm suggestions are very very light indeed uh, my only real criticism and I'll get this out up front is just needed more monsters to throw at people just like really easily just with some basic stats would have been helpful but apart from that once you get past that and you know, having to make up some stats on the spot um, which is in the end fine um, the core of the game which is wonder uh, is brilliant like truly brilliant because wonder is the advancement mechanic so that's how you characters, your characters, your player characters get better um, it's also your the equivalent of like story points in other games right so if you play the alias cinematic um, scenarios uh you'll get story points if you complete your agendas um and it's just one of those things where it's a bit like that in the sense like you can spend it for like a free critical roll, basically or a reroll or anything to get yourself out of trouble right nice. um so he uses he uses that sort of system and it's kind of clever in that because how do you get wonder you see something wondrous something weird happens and you get some wonder right so it makes your characters re the are because i was gming the game the characters you're playing with or playing uh kind of against in some some cases um uh makes them search the world for these strange things and i think you know depending on what your group's like so they may want to like kind of always be progressing the story um my groups are very chaotic for the most part so I'm sure they all are really <laughs> um, but uh it's a way of encouraging that kind of chaos that I I really really appreciated that the characters were the players were always looking for like the weirdest thing that could happen and then they'd do it nice. you know and I think that's sort of like a really nice thing to be given as a GM yeah That you can be like handing these sweets out basically of like here's some have some one of the points you did something weird um and also the, char- the pre-gen characters are really good. You just go look them up um, as well uh, because there's like a half fish man skeleton. That's as one you of do. Them, who has to drag himself round. So like it's quite noisy. <laughs> Which is just like, you know, anything stealth doesn't really stealth work. Mechanic. Um, yeah, it uses an interesting health mechanic where like when you your stats are your health, as it were. Um, so you are just tracking against them and when you run out of one of them in combat, um, you roll on a like critical injury chart and that sort of thing. So it's a little bit like um, Electric Bastion Land in that regard. So you kind of like progress by not always getting better but sometimes you get better. Um, so yeah it's a uh, super interesting I recommend everyone like at least check it out I think it's I think for people who are familiar very familiar with um, D&D like if you're fully enamored with d and I think it would uh, be, be good service to you to chuck or cool d characters into one of the, one of these worlds and see what happens just for a bit Nice, just a little wormhole <laughs> in your world um, uh, and that's that's Hypertellurians nice which you should go check out so the, one other thing we need to mention is there's a virtual show going on at the Woo! end of March twenty uh, seventh and 28th of March um, come along join us watch some cool videos of not only big names that you know but some indies you haven't heard of and some people looking for prototype players or play testers
1: it's a spring showcase so we're looking forward into the year what's cool what's coming out soon what are you looking forward to what have you got that we're going to take nosy at? what are we going to be excited about this year
0: there's still time to be part of it we all, we pre-record all our videos so uh as long as you've got a, a camera and a, a will to perform um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're we're happy to um hear from you so do, do just reach out to us through any via any of the social channels uh, or via email that's all scribbled in the magazine and on the website so you can do that as well um, uh, if you've got a game that you want to highlight in some way just just give us a message we're happy to uh, yeah. accommodate because um, we're just trying to look forward to something
1: It's, like, <laughs> it's one of my favourite things at the minute is obviously sort of looking as to what what what's coming forward but also having people coming back and going oh I've got this and, and I've got this and I'm, I'm looking at this and the sheer excitement Um, like one of the things i've loved about Mm. doing this is is i'm buzzing now Mm. i know there's stuff that's coming out soon and i'm now like before i was like yeah it's twenty twenty-one. it's alright. right there's there's some cool stuff coming out now i'm like oh my goodness you want to see this video this is really cool i did not know this was happening or just more depth about stuff that you thought in passing yeah that's coming out and then seeing it real it's there it's tangible it's cool
0: yeah we're 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 heavily focused on looking forward. Yeah. At this point, I've uh, got conversations with um, people at Free League um, and things like that about what's coming up for them that you may not know about. So you should tune in for that sort of thing uh, over that weekend, um, uh, amongst other other creators as well.
2: We've so.
1: got some great stuff from uh, Glenn and Mike are back.
0: Oh, Glenn and Mike are back. Yes. So we had the
1: Glenn and Mike show. This is now going to be part two. So yes. we've got a whole new name and a whole new rebrand. It's Glenn so you'll and Mike see that Redux. Soon. But. I mean, I loved the last ones. Mm. I thought the last ones were fantastic and they've confirmed they're coming back with two new videos for us. Sorry. So I'm buzzing. It's going to be great. Uh,
0: yeah, this is, uh, uh, is gonna Mike uh, Mike Hutchinson. And Glenn Ford. And Glenn Ford. But Mike Hutchinson of A Billion Sons, which everyone is absolutely hyped about right now. Yes.
1: Uh, yeah, there's a lot of buzz for that. And you've got Glenn from uh, Manicent Games. So the Rage of Montalbano. Montalbano? Something <laughs> like that the problem was is that they they did a really wonderful video on it where they took the mickey out of what the name was so he said it wrong every time um, and I chuckled like anything at it but now I can't get the right name in my head that's <laughs> oh, right
0: um, so they're back they're back and uh, we're going to have a good time with them again so yeah uh, we've
1: got tons as, as the more and more people come back the more excited I am and the lovely it's just lovely to be reminded we're just a big massive community
0: yeah that's it that's it so come be part of it Whoa. woo Yeah. Um, And pick up the next issue of the magazine.
1: Yes, with the Digimon cards.
0: With the Digimon cards on the front. Yeah. You know you want them. (laughs) I do. Yeah, me too. Yeah, They're all shiny. They're foil. They're great. Um, I know. I know. Lovely. So, um, thank you for listening.
1: Thanks for listening.
0: Um, We'll be back soon. Speak soon. Bye. Bye. We're waving.
1: (laughs) We've been trained by Zoom (laughs) calls.